Hi, you're listening to my mom, Kat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, can I listen to it? Hey, you're listening to episode number 79 with Melanie Schenkel. And then my kids have to bring literally <laughs> stacks of books because they're terrified of being yes. stuck in class with nothing to do after they finish the four-hour test in an hour or whatever it actually takes. I saw that because was it you took a picture. Was it your daughter and she had the two from the library, but she didn't want to read them because the font <laughs> yes. had... I loved that. I was like, she's That's a, a, girl she's a font snob. I loved it. I so appreciated that. Hey, welcome to the Inspired to Action podcast. My name is Kat Lee, and my hope is that this show is the pep talk that you need right now. As a mom, I want it to be a reminder that what you do every day is life-changing and that it matters more deeply than you could ever imagine. Out of all the women in the world, God chose you to be the mother of your children because you are unique and amazing, and He has called you and He will equip you. So thank you for serving your family and for loving your children fearlessly and for fighting to be a great mom. This episode today is for you. Let's jump right in. So today we're talking with Melanie Schenkel. She's written a new book called Nobody's Cuter Than You, and she's also written some of my very favorite books. The first one was Sparkly Green Earrings, and then the next one was Antelope in the Living Room, and this one is called Nobody's Cuter Than You, and it's all about friendships, and that's what we're talking about today. Friendships, how do we find them? How do we grow them? How do we keep them? We also talk a little bit about our conspiracy theories about school testing and uh, Melanie's superpower of remembering hilarious and completely obscure pop culture references. And finally, we talk about, as you may have just heard, the importance of a good book font. Nobody talks about that these days, but it's very important. It's even important to my 10-year-old daughter. But before we get into our content today, I want to say thank you to one of our listeners. So Dana of Deo Living left a review over on the iTunes app, and she says, I'm getting so much from you. Thanks for showing up and leading. I'm a mom of two boys in San Francisco, a professional organizer, and launching a blog soon. I love your stories, your guests, and all the God talk, and I'm working on having more intentional mornings, too. Keep it up. You're leading us along the path. Thanks. Well, Dana, thank you so much for listening and for being a part of the community. Y'all's reviews and your comments on Instagram are such an encouragement to me. Feel free to go to iTunes and you can leave a review for the podcast there. Or if you're listening right now, just take a picture of what you're doing while you're listening. Maybe it's dishes. Maybe you're going for a run. Don't trip if you take a picture. But tag me on Instagram. I'm inspired to action on Instagram and I'd love to connect with you. Now, I also want to give a huge thank you to our show sponsor, and that is PlanToEat.com. And they have a free 30-day trial that you can check out. Just go to PlanToEat.com forward slash inspired to action. You can sign up for their free trial. It is crazy easy to get new recipes into it. And I know a lot of times that's the biggest hassle when it comes to figuring out a new meal planning system. It's how do you get all the recipes in there? It is super easy, and I even created a tutorial series on how to do all of it the easiest and fastest way. So you can go to mealplanningbootcamp.com, and I walk you through the whole process of getting all set up on plan to eat and really eliminating that area of stress in your life by automating the whole process. So definitely check that out, plantoeat.com forward slash inspired to action. Okay, let's get into our chat today with Melanie Schenkel. Hey, Melanie, how are you doing? Good, Kat. How are you? I am doing well, but I think we can probably commiserate on something. What? I'm guessing. What? The star test. Oh, I am so <laughs> over the star test right now. 
You know, it's so interesting. This is the first year my kids have gone to public school. Okay. And or two of them do, and then one of them still goes to the other school that they all went to before. Mm-hmm. And there's this big thing that both of my girls that they go to different schools. They told me that they needed like these little mints. So I don't know if this yes. is, is this is this like a statewide thing? Did, it's, it's, did you hear about the mint thing too? Oh, it's the mint because the idea is, right, peppermints. Is that what they were told? Like peppermints because yes. it's supposed to stimulate brain activity if the mint is supposed to stimulate brain activity is what I was told. So you know what the truth is? The people behind the star test are the yes. peppermint maker people. The That's exactly. Candy, the candy people, whatever those people are called. Yeah, it's the lifesaver mint people. It yes. is. It's all a big conspiracy. Yes, I thought this morning, I was like, we're packing snacks. I had to pack a snack bag complete with mints and a water bottle. And my husband even said, he was like, isn't this really just your normal day at school <laughs> except for this test? Because it was more food. He said, that's more food than you eat in a week that's in your <laughs> snack bag right now. <laughs> and if you went to the store to try to get certain things, they don't have them. No. Like you can't find I, the little mints, or at least I went late because I'm a little slow to this whole thing. Yes, yes. And we couldn't find mints. We had to get different stuff. But my kids love it because somehow there's, they have school-sanctioned candy. Yeah, that's exactly it. Is it? And the other thing you could have, you could have like Jolly Ranchers at ours. You could have hard candy, mm-hmm. um, which I don't know why. It goes back to why, are we, why do we all of a sudden need this on that day? <laughs> and then the snacks, but they had to be neat snacks because you can't get the, you can't have any like greasy fingerprints on your test paper. Right. So like we had to come up with like pretzels and things like that. So, well, And then my kids have to bring literally <laughs> stacks of books because they're terrified. Of being yes. stuck in class with nothing to do after they finish the four-hour test in an hour or whatever it actually takes. I saw that because was it you took a picture. Was it your daughter and she had the two from the library, but she didn't want to read them because the font <laughs> yes. had? I loved that. I was like, she's That's a, a, girl she's a font snob. I loved it. I so appreciated that. And I laughed. And then Caroline did the exact same thing because she reads everything on her Kindle now. Oh. So we had to scrounge around for like actual books because they can't bring electronics into the test. And so we had to, so I I said, I was like, I have Anne of Green Gables. I have Huckleberry Finn. I have the book thief. And we had one more. I was trying to find like actual paper books I had that would be appropriate for her to read. And she chose the book thief. So that's what she decided to read. Well, you'll have to tell me how that goes because my 12 year old was wanting to read it and I have not read it yet. And so I wasn't sure. So it's one of my favorite books of all time. Like okay. it, it really is. But I told her before she read it, I said, it's going to be really hard. I said, you've got to stick with it because the first three chapters, you don't know really what's going on. Like okay. it's um, because, and I'll tell you, it doesn't ruin it, but it's, it's the way the narration is. At first, it's a little confusing. And so she got in the car yesterday and asked me a couple of questions to clarify it. Um, and then she understood, but it's been really good because in her social studies class, they've been learning so much about the Holocaust and Nazi Germany. And so it ties into, she's really interested because it's what she's been learning about at school Mm -hmm. right now. So it's a great book. Very, very good to know. Now, for those of you listening that are like, what in the world are you guys talking about? What's the star (laughs) test? That is a test, a standardized test that Texas Mm -hmm. kids have to take when they, I don't know, is it when you hit a certain grade is like 
third grade and up, or I'm not sure exactly. I think it's third grade. I think it starts in third grade. And then different years, you take different subjects depending on, I don't know how they determine that, but you take different subjects on different years. Okay. Okay. But it's pretty much basically orchestrated, I think, by the CIA because the rules are so intricate. I mean, my daughter was telling me how if a teacher has to go to the bathroom, there are monitors placed in the hall and she can have one foot inside the classroom, one foot outside the classroom, wave to a hall monitor to come, but she can't leave the classroom until the hall monitor gets into the classroom. And one person can go to the bathroom at a time because they might exchange. Mm -hmm. Now, if you you are listening and you are in charge of the STAR test, I'm sure you're doing great work. It's just really a funny thing to talk about. Yes. And I think it's so hard because I think teachers aren't necessarily fans of it either. I don't don't know that they can say that. And I feel so bad for them because, you know, it just goes back to, and my husband and I had this whole conversation. I just think standardized tests are just not really the best way to measure how each student is doing and certainly not the best way to measure what teachers do every day in the classroom. So I feel like there should be a better, but that's a whole, listen, that's a whole (laughs) other other topic. Is Is that your next book topic? That is. I'm going to look into the the poison of standardized testing in America and how it's ruining our youth. I feel like it perfectly ties in to all my other books. Just a lighthearted topic. That's a fantastic segue. But, you know, I yeah. have to say, I think the teachers do have the raw end of the deal because, at least according to my children, they have to sit there for the entire four-hour period. They can't read. They can't write. They can't do stuff on their phones. They just kind oh. of have to sit there. And that is like, that's pretty much my worst nightmare. Yes, I totally agree. I mean, I just, I can't even imagine. Caroline came home yesterday and was saying that, that her teachers said they aren't allowed to do anything except Mm -hmm. sit there and look at the students. And I thought, I cannot imagine sitting there. And you think teachers are so busy and you know they have, you know, families and lives of their own and to feel like, well, I've I've spent six (laughs) hours today staring into space. I mean, that's just maddening. Oh, well, if you are a teacher in Texas or wherever you are and you have to do anything like that, just bless you. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, for anybody <laughs> listening, all maybe two people who don't know you um, and haven't read your books, which if you're listening, that applies to you. You need to remedy that right away because <laughs> I get a lot of books and I'm not the greatest book reader, to be honest, especially if it's not like um, fiction and just one long story that completely envelops me so much so that I don't cook for my children and I hold myself up in a closet, but we won't talk about that. Um, (laughs) I'm not so great at finishing them, but Melanie's books, I pretty much do the hold myself up in the closet thing because they are so good. And then my kids surround me and they're like, mom, what's so funny? I'm like, I'll have to tell you later. I'll have to explain it. It's not going to make sense. (laughs) So um, you need to remedy that because her books are absolutely just fantastic, funny and cleverly written and meaningful with lots of great truths in it and so good. So I'll stop gushing. Thank you. But tell us a little bit about yourself so that they can get to know you. Um, My name is Melanie Shankle and I have a blog called Big Mama that I started in July of 2006, like back in the dark ages of (laughs) blogs now. Um, It's so hard to believe I've almost been doing this 10 years. I can't even believe it. Um, but I wrote, um, but I've written three books. And so my first one was Sparkly Green Earrings, which is a memoir of motherhood. And my second one was an ant was the antelope in the living room, which came out a year ago. And it's a memoir on marriage. And then my new one is called nobody's cuter than you. 
and it just came out on April 7th, and it is a memoir about friendship and just the importance of female friendships in our life. And they're really just kind of funny, lighthearted. I mean, I really like that mix of just they're funny and lighthearted, but hopefully with some deeper truths in there that we can, you know, takeaways that everybody can apply to their life and their friendships, whether or marriage or motherhood, depending on which one you're reading. You know, even my kids loved it. I think it was at the beginning of the antelope in the living room. Correct me which one it was, but Mm -hmm. you had the faux endorsements. Yes, that was the antelope in the living room. My kids (laughs) made me read every single one to them and explain why they were so funny if they didn't already know. (laughs) I love that. That Did you just have the best time coming up with those? Oh, those were so, I mean, that was the most fun. I mean, I really, it was kind of one of those things that we really thought about doing it for this last book too. But I was like, I think it's one of those gimmicks that once you use it once, I don't know if you keep using it, like if it gets old, but it was so fun. And, you know, and then like the B list of ones that we couldn't use because they were either too obscure or inappropriate, (laughs) or we felt like, you know, these were real life people who may not want to have us make made up words coming out of their mouth. Um, but yeah, we love doing that. That was super fun. I think my favorite one was something like, I only wish she'd been around to help me write the Bible. Yeah. (laughs) The Apostle Paul. Yeah. And I really like Siri, the cantaloupe in the living room, because that anybody who has an iPhone knows that Siri (laughs) will just do you so wrong. That's actually what my oldest daughter calls your book. And I'm like, no, it's actually the antelope. (laughs) But either way, you can call it either way. It works either way. Yeah. Either way. So this newest book is all about friendship mm-hmm. and particularly your friendship with your friend Gully. Yes. Tell us a little bit about how you guys met and why you wrote a book about friendship. I Well, Gully and I met in college. Her real name is Amy and Gully is, was her maiden name. And so um, I explained that in the book. But by the time we always laugh because we were children of the 70s. So I had like 17 <laughs> friends in college named Amy, including my sister is also an Amy. And so we tended to call all the Amys by their last name to distinguish the Amys. Um, So she was gully to me and had been for 10 years by the time she married her husband. So um, that's where gully came from. But we met her freshman year, my sophomore year of college. Um, We both went to Texas A&M and we tried out for a group called the Diamond Darlings, which were um, bat girls for the baseball team. Um, So that's when we met and we just instantly connected. It was just one of those things that as we spent time together, um, we were just so drawn to each other. And our friendship now, I mean, that's been almost 25 years ago wow. since we first met. And we're, um, we've just been so lucky. It really is like you dream about where we live now a mile away from each other. Her boys are like my daughter's siblings. I mean, we road trip together and we just get to do life together. And it's such a blessing. And I really chose to write the book. It was funny because I'd had another book idea in mind that I'd actually even signed on for. But the emails I get the most, because I talk about Gully a lot on my blog, just in terms of what we do and our adventures and all of that. And I got so many emails from women all the time that were asking, how have you maintained your friendship? Are you really as close as you appear to be? I wish I had a friend like that. Um, how do you not let jealousy and and those kind of things get in the way? And I thought, oh, I think there's a real a lot of women have questions about this. Like we all want this, but how do we have it? And and what does that look like? And so that was really when I decided to go ahead. I thought, you know what, this is gonna be my next book. I'm gonna write about friendship now. So was your friendship something that always just came naturally, or is it something that like those women have asked you questions about? Is it something that you had to 
fight for? And what was that process like? You know, I think friendship, it's funny because Gully and I have talked about our friendship more over the last year than we probably ever have because, you know, all of a sudden you're analyzing it, like what is it and Mm -hmm. what has worked and what hasn't. And it's funny because in a way I would look back and go, oh, it's always been easy for us. But as we really started to look back at different times and stories, I'm like, there have been hard times where we did have to fight for it. And I think any relationship, whether it's your marriage or motherhood or friendships or or family relationships or whatever, I think there comes a time that you have to fight for those, you know, that you have to put forth the effort. Um, Gully and I always say, you know, I met my husband a year before she met the man she ended up marrying, and she had a baby a year before I did. And and we lived, there was a time, you know, when we didn't live, you know, she lived five hours away and we didn't get to see each other all the time. And that during those times, we had to work harder to maintain that friendship and not let it slip away. So I think there have been times that we've had to fight for it or put more effort into it to make it last. Are there other friendships that you have? Like, obviously, Gully's your best friend. Um, <clears throat> yes. In the other relationships that you had, are there ones that haven't come as naturally that you've had to pursue harder for one reason or another, or that you've really had to work through lots of issues. Obviously, you know, you don't have to name names and stuff. Yes. I, yeah. <laughs> I, give me the dirt, Melanie. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's the whole scoop? Uh, I, you know, I think that we all, we all have those people in our lives that I think are a little bit harder that we have to, um, that require a little more work and effort. I, you know, I'm naturally, and I think you probably are too, an introvert. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not my personality to walk in a room and think I'm going to make friends in this room necessarily. That that doesn't always come easy to me. Um, and I tend to be a little reserved when I meet people. And so, you know, I think sometimes just that, like that, um, I felt like when Caroline was a baby and trying to make like those young mom friends, you know, when I'd yes. go to the pool and you would see these women who were like my age and they had babies and all that, but it's so not my natural thing to walk up and approach them, even when the babies have a, you know, allow a conversation starter. Mm-hmm. So I think just those kind of relationships, I've had to work a little bit harder to establish um, and maintain over the years. I had a retreat this weekend with some friends and, um, we put, I posted a picture on social media about it and, and people would make the comment of, Oh, I wish I had friends like that. Or I wish I could do Mm -hmm. something like that. And I, when I was thinking back through the process of how the retreat happened, and it's just a group of blogging friends that we connect on Voxer pretty much constantly all day long. And we finally brought everybody to Waco for a retreat. And I realized as I was looking back on it, that in order for that one thing to happen, there were a lot of moments of vulnerability that one or the other of us had to to do. You know, the first person to say, hey, I want to have a group on on Voxer where we talk about blogging or whatever. Yeah. Will you join me? And you, you, you had to take that step to make mm-hmm. it happen. And then somebody really wanted to do the retreat. And so she said, hey, I bought my plane ticket. Um, are you guys going to join us? And wow, just those moments of having, instead of just wanting it, I think a lot of times we think kind of like in grade school, friendships tend to just find us because we're around Mm -hmm. people just like us that we have so much in common with because we're both 11. Yes, yeah. (laughs) That it's easy to make those friendships. But as we get older, we have to be so much more intentional um, about making and maintaining those friendships. And I'm sure people have emailed you and asked you questions and stuff. What are some of the, the barriers that you've seen to people finding friends like Gully? 
Yeah, I think that we, uh, uh, to me, the biggest thing is just we're all so busy, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, we can, I mean, I can go through my week and I'm busy enough just being a wife and a mom, you know? And then anything else, I mean, with a job or with writing or whatever, for me, I can get so bogged down in that stuff that it's like I have to intentionally carve out time to spend with my girlfriends. And I believe that one of the most important things we can do as women is to carve out that time because it refreshes us. Mm -hmm. And I think it makes us know that we're normal and that everybody yells at their kids or has bad mommy days or that we all have things in our marriage that we're trying to figure out. And, you know, it's when we can really find those people that we can be real with and vulnerable with, it, it it gives us a freedom because I feel like it lightens our load to just mm-hmm. go, oh my gosh, I thought I was the only one. You know, in there, that great C.S. Lewis quote that says, friendship is that moment when you look at somebody else and go, what, you too? I thought I was the only one, you know? I love it. And that to me is what we get when we make that time. And I think barriers to that really, I, I think it's just time. I think it's being busy. And I think that the other part of that is, that we can put walls up to where maybe we've been hurt in past mm-hmm. friendships or we are shy or we're afraid of being rejected. And we all have that thing. And so, so much of it is, is you just have to put yourself out there a little bit. You know, you've, you've got to approach people or be approachable because I think ultimately we're all afraid of that rejection to some extent. Um, and so it's, it's just being willing to be vulnerable and Mm -hmm. say, Hey, do you want to go to coffee? Do you want to get the kids together for a play date? Do you want to, you know, come to my Bible study at my house or whatever that thing is to kind of open yourself up a little bit. Mm -hmm. This, I promise this relates, but I heard this business guy mention that, you know, the statistics are that nine out of 10 businesses fail. And so Mm -hmm. he says, so I just need to start my 10th business. I just need to start 10 businesses. That's it. And I think it's true in friendship too. Not everybody, we're not going to click with everybody. Mm -mm. And there's going to be harder seasons and easier seasons. But if we just keep trying, there's going to be that person that we click with that is looking for a friendship too. And just putting ourselves out there and risking that rejection for the greater reward that that can eventually come. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I I totally agree. I heard somebody, I was at a retreat this weekend and somebody said, and I can't remember, there was a, an author or a speaker, she quoted that had said this and I can't remember, but that you have different pockets of friends, you know, that they Mm -hmm. fall under and they all rhymed. It was like, you have like your trustees and your resties and your musties. And it was like, those were like your old friends and then the friends you trust the most. And then the friends that you have to have in your life, you know? Mm -hmm. And I thought, it's so true because we can have all these different groups, but they're all invaluable and and we need them all. But it doesn't mean that you're going to like have a heart bond with, I think those are the rare friendships, you right. know, but I think you still need the other relationships because they serve a purpose too. Absolutely. It's not like we're going to find our twin out mm-hmm. there, but mm-hmm. there are going to be different people who kind of fill the different spots. I, I, yeah. I think that's a great example because a lot of times where you look for that twin, Mm-hmm. And if we don't find our Diana Berry, then we're like, oh, well, I must, I need to move on to the next person. But yeah, that could be a person that, is, you know, has a great value in our life and a great friendship. I know I have lots of different groups of friends and each one is super important to me. Each one is different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I find so much value in just investing in those relationships. For a while after we graduated from college, I lived in Houston mm-hmm. and I moved there and I didn't know anybody. And so I'm sure there's a lot of people, you know, listening, a lot of moms that have probably moved somewhere new. And that was a hard season for me because I I had to make those brand new friends. I had to figure out how to click with people. 
Um, and I know you moved in different seasons. How have you kind of mm-hmm. started those relationships? How have you found your people when you've started out in a new place? <clears throat> you know, it's funny because I think some of them, it's, it's, you know, since I've been married, I have not moved as much. And so that's really been a blessing. And I think having Gully here, but I think it's, um, you know, just different ways. It's, it's getting more involved at my church. You know, there have been seasons where I've joined a Bible study at church um, for the Bible study, but because I was wanting to connect with women who went to my church, you know, and I was wanting to get to know them better. Or like I said, like going to the pool the first summer that Caroline was born, we joined our little neighborhood pool and, you know, just going up there, even if it was by myself, and then you would look and there would be other moms there and other people that you connect to. It really is just kind of getting out. And then, you know, where are you involved and what are you doing right now? You know, I think the PTO or being involved in your kids' schools or a homeschool co-op or or different things are where you're going to be likely to maybe meet women with a similar maybe worldview or mindset or just somebody that you're going to click with and enjoy being together. And that doesn't mean that they have to be like your immediate soulmate, because I think sometimes that takes time. You know, I I look back and think when Gully and I first became friends at age 18, we weren't at that time, we couldn't have even comprehended like, oh, we're going to end up raising our kids together and your family is going to be like my family and all that stuff. It was just a gradual getting to know each other and and slowly becoming this this incredible friendship that has impacted both of our lives in this way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I love that you guys have been friends for such a long time. And I love that also that you've ended up together and that that wasn't like happenstance. It's not like, Oh, I'm just randomly probably going to end up in the same, you live in the same like neighborhood, don't you? Yeah, we do. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And and I know for my husband and I, when we, we moved to Houston and then we came back for a friend's wedding just for a weekend and we realized how many great relationships we had in Waco. And so I was pregnant and he was only going to be allowed to work from home for his job for six months. But we decided to just to move to Waco because pretty much because of friendships. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, technically he worked from home. We could live anywhere in the world and we chose Waco, Texas, yeah, which, well, which I have to say, you don't speak of particularly <laughs> fondly in the book. And I'm No, no, I just say nobody ever talks about going to Waco to party. <laughs> that's all. And I think that's a fair assessment. It is. Uh, but I do have to say it's changing because my friend Liz was at Common Grounds, which is this coffee shop yes. with her husband. And there were these two college guys from Austin and they met them and they said, what do you do in Waco? And they said, hey, we, we just wanted to check out the music scene because we'd heard about it. Well, we'll see. <laughs> so look it's slightly that. comical, look- but apparently it does happen. Well, look at Waco. Well, and I always laugh. I'm like, Chip and Joanna Gaines, Waco has never been so cool as <laughs> right. Fixer Upper right. has made Waco right now. But I know that we, so we made a lot of sacrifices, mm-hmm. which didn't feel like them, but all for the sake of friendship. And it is so awesome raising my kids, you know, that I knew when, their parent when we're all in college, like I knew their parents when we were in college and our kids are all playing together and stuff. Um, what kind of sacrifices have you guys had to make in order to stay connected um, and, and really to raise your kids together and to live life together? You know, it's so funny how it all happened because I don't think that we, you know, we didn't set out this way and it really worked out to where I ended up in San Antonio and then Gully ended up marrying a man who was from San Antonio who actually grew up with my husband. But it's so weird that we met them totally independent of each other. I mean, it was not a setup. It wasn't a a planned thing. Um, 
but we also love what we have here. And I know there have been times that like her husband has had the chance to maybe take other jobs or to maybe get a promotion if he would move off for a year or they would leave. Um, but they choose not to do that because they're like, this is our community and this is where our people are and it's not worth it, you know? And, mm-hmm. and we're kind of the same way, you know, we look and, um, it was funny because a couple of summers ago, um, I spent a lot of time in Nashville and I would come home and I'd be like, I love Nashville. Like if I were going to live anywhere else, it would be Nashville. Like I just love it or whatever. And Gully was like, I need you to quit saying that you're going to move <laughs> to Nashville. That stresses me out. And I was like, no, I never really would. And I thought that's it is like, I love, there's a, there's a contentment. Um, and I, I heard a great saying one time that it said, create a life that you don't need a vacation from. And that's really how I feel is just, this is a great life and we're, we're happy here. And, you know, there have been times where maybe it could be more glamorous or we could do something more exciting, but we like, we like being here. And so, um, you know, the grass is pretty green over here. So we aren't interested in if it's greener on the other side. Well, and you know, I think a lot of times in life as we look out to planning our lives, we think about our job and where we're going to live, but we don't really think about the friendships that we're going to have. But if we had those friendships, we'd probably be pretty happy with wherever we live and, you know, generally whatever job we have. Because I'm Mm -hmm. sure my husband could have a different job and do something different, but we love being here and we love being around the friends that we have. And it's such a powerful but understated investment that we can make. Um, in the relationships that we have. I totally agree. I just think you can't place a price on just kind of your quality of life in terms of just the people that you're surrounded by and mm-hmm. um, and just your community because that really becomes, you know, I think that's the thing about friends in college. They become so much like your family and the same thing happens as an adult. You know, you just have those people that you're like, you know that they'll pick up your kid from school if you need them to or they'll drop off a meal if you're having a hard time or They'll come over and sit with you if you have a bad day. Just those kind of things that you just can't easily replace when you decide to move somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Has social media impacted any of your friendships? You know, for me, it hasn't. Like, it it hasn't just because I feel like for me, even the people I've met online through social media, which, I mean, I've met like Sophie Boo Mama, Mm -hmm. who has a blog. I mean, she's one of my dearest friends, and we totally met through blogs and all that stuff. And so... But to me, even that, it wasn't until we spent some time together, like real time together, that we became more true friends, if that makes sense, That's you know, just um, because I just think it takes that that um, really knowing somebody and really for me, seeing somebody and going, oh, she is who she appears to be online. Like she is the same person, right. um, but you just kind of want to see that for real and mm-hmm. um, so, you know, social media, I think is great in so many ways. Um, but I think it can create just very shallow relationships where you feel like you know somebody, but you don't really know somebody because you haven't spent real time with them. And mm-hmm. and most of us aren't going to put like our real problems on Facebook for right. the most part, you know? Right. I think that's why I like Voxer so much. Have you heard of Voxer? Yes. And I'm not a good Voxer person, but <laughs> I, I love it in theory, but I can't, I'm, I'm not a good user. Because I feel like I've, like the retreat that we had with um, my, my friends this past weekend, it wasn't like, oh, hey, it's so good to see you. It's like, oh, there you are, because we've been talking pretty yeah. much every day all the time. And so it was just continuation, except fun and in person. And we didn't mm-hmm. have to press the little beat button. And um, so I feel like social media has really helped in a lot of ways, and especially with the whole blogging thing. I don't know what it's like in San Antonio, but I know in Waco, there weren't a lot of bloggers. No. And um, I met this girl, Liz Griffin, 
who blogs, and she actually lives like a mile away from me. And we go to the same church, and I knew who she was, but we kind of met really through Instagram. And Mm -hmm. now she's one of my great friends. And so I think social media can be a great way to start friendships. um, Yes, And connect with people and find people who have similar hobbies that might not be in your normal circle of friends. Um, But then it takes pursuing them outside of that to really make the relationships go deep. I agree. I totally agree with that. So are your husbands good friends? You know, they are friends. They're not as close as um, Gully and I are. Like, they've got other friends that are their best friends. But, I mean, we vacation together some, and we do stuff together some. and um, Or we'll go over there for dinner, or they'll come over here for dinner. But um, So it's a good, but, you know, Gully and I have said, too, that we kind of like it that way. Because sometimes when you get to be, like, super close couple friends, that doesn't always work out. Mm-hmm. You know, it, that can get complicated. Um so for us, it really works that they enjoy each other and they like being around each other, but they're not, like if Gully and I are out of town, they probably are not going to get together to do something necessarily. And have a sleepover or something. Exactly. No, <laughs> that would never happen. That would never happen. But they might go hunting together. Right, or they right. might go fishing together or something like that. And um, and I think, you know, it was funny because I think they got to even be better friends after we had kids because I think they... Um, we, because number one, we did stuff more as families after we had kids. And I think that they both appreciate what a good dad the other one is. Mm. And so they appreciate the way the other one parents because they love each other's kids so much. Oh, that's so sweet. So tell me about the book title. What, what made you title it? Nobody's cuter than you. Well, we debated a couple of different titles, but that ultimately we thought was just such a sweet title. And it really comes from something Gully and I have said to each other for, I don't even know how long, but where if one of us is having a bad day or if we're just, you know, feeling yuck or whatever's going on and or did something funny, we'll just be like, oh, nobody's cuter than you. Like we just <laughs> have always said it and we laugh because even our husbands have laughed because, you know, Gully will say like, I tried on an outfit for John last night to ask him if I should wear this to this wedding. She said, and he was like, oh, girl, nobody's cuter than you. She said, <laughs> and he said it just like you. Like it's just kind of become our shorthand for like, you're the best or whatever. So it just felt like a, a, a natural title for a book about friendship. Well, I'm also super curious about how you have this superpower of a talent to come up with the most obscure references <laughs> to things from basically my childhood, I guess, to the 80s and early 90s. I mean, yes. I would read that book and I'm like, how? I mean, do you just have a file cabinet? Do you just actually remember <laughs> these things? Because there are things that I haven't thought of in years, but as soon as I would read them, I'd be like, these flood of memories would come back. So is this just a natural talent you have? Do you work at it? It is a natural. It is, I have to say, I don't have a lot of natural talents, but that is one. I have a talent for obscure trivia and I remember random things. I just, I do. I can remember song lyrics. I can remember movie lines. I can remember TV shows and jingles and all of that stuff from like the 70s and 80s. It's just, it's a gift, cat. It's just a gift. You know, it really is because it made me laugh out loud <laughs> so many times. And I've spent half the book texting some of my friends, oh, do you remember this? Or, you know, my favorite thing about reading your books is giving them to a friend and then we can laugh about this, you know, what line did you like best or what story was the most hilarious? So, oh, I love that. Even your books are friendship building. Um, Melanie, I'm so glad that you could join us today. Could you tell us where people can find Nobody's Cuter Than You and just really all your books? Yes, you should be able to find them all on Amazon and Barnes & Noble um, online. You can find them at Lifeway. 
Um, and then you can find them. Um, Nobody's Cuter Than You is at Walmart, which is a first. Oh. So you can find them if you're in the South, you can find it. So all the Southern Walmart stores are carrying it. Um, and Sam's Club and hopefully your local bookstore. So they really should be everywhere. Very cool. And where can people find you online? Um, you can find me at um, either MelanieShankel.com or the TheBigMamaBlog.com. They'll take you to the exact same place, but I'm at either one of those places. So MelanieShankel.com might be easier to remember than the TheBigMamaBlog.com. Yeah, because you don't want to Google it. No, you don't. And yeah. you don't want to go to BigMama.com either. So just, you know, be and safe. Is, sorry, is there a social media outlet that you prefer? Um, no, not necessarily. I'm, I'm, I'm loving Instagram these days. I mean, that's probably my favorite, but I have a, there's a big mama Facebook page and I'm also on Twitter as big mama. So you can find me at any of those places too. Very cool. Melanie, thank you so much for taking time away from all your star snack and lunch preparation. Yes, I know. It was very busy. I'm going to need some peppermints to get me ready for the afternoon. So thanks for having me, Kat. I really appreciate it. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks. I hope you do too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that's all that we have for today's episode of the Inspired to Action podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen. I know that there are a million things that you could be doing right now, and I hope that this episode has encouraged you. You know, if you have any questions or suggestions for me, just head over to inspiredtoaction.com and click the contact button to send me an email. I would love to hear from you, and I would love to do whatever I can to get the resources that you need to keep growing as a mom. And if you enjoyed this podcast, it would be awesome if you would take a minute to rate it on iTunes. That's going to help more moms to find it and get the encouragement that they need. And as always, you can check out all the show notes for this session at inspiredtoaction.com. And you can also download any of our free ebooks or our free prayer calendars for moms at the blog. Just go to inspiredtoaction.com and click on the resources link. And my name is Kat Lee, and I wish you an incredible day with your family. And remember, you're a mom. You're kind of a big deal. Now go be awesome. It's early in the morning, the house is quiet. But I've set aside this time for you. I bow before the throne of a noble king. And in this place, my heart begins to sing. It's gonna be a good day, a good day filled with His grace, His grace and sweet new mercy. May my thoughts.